Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Yeah. 903 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Uh, you can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Man, we got a lot to get to this morning. We got uh, a little bit of a, well, a little bit of a conversation about... Uh, the uh, Camp Esperanza. Yeah. Yeah, and I-35 and the bridges and things like that. Well, we'll update you on that at 512-836-0590. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, there's an effort to uh, to create more space for the homeless community here in Austin. Yeah, so it looks like this is actually going to be, you know, there's been a lot of pushback to the I-35 Capital Express Central Project. Uh, you know, uh, TxDOT's going to overhaul I-35 through Austin. Uh, but uh, Governor Greg Abbott, Mayor Kirk Watson, TxDOT uh, all say that the uh, expansion of the Esperanza community is going to be happening uh, because of this ex- significantly increasing capacity for the homeless. So as TxDOT's going to be removing structures and reconstruct bridges throughout the project corridor, a lot of people sleep under these bridges, right? Mm. So you got to find you got to find a new home to take away their bridge. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me get this right. TxDOT knows they're going to have to remove some bridges. Yes. And that potentially is the home for a lot of people. And so, therefore, since they're removing the homes of these homeless folks, they're going to create more space so that they can move over near Camp Esperanza. Yes. But it sounds, like, the- it's, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of space. Uh, so, TxDOT says here, they say during the construction, TxDOT will remove elevated structures and reconstruct bridges the, through the uh, corridor where some homeless individuals seek shelter. So TxDOT purchased an additional seven acres of land for the Esperanza community. That will allow it to be potentially double its capacity. I bet that wasn't cheap. Probably not. Let's see here if it says... Uh, uh, I'm not seeing a dollar figure in uh, here. It's, I bet it's millions. I mean, that's uh, that's some prime real estate, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so Greg Abbott, several years ago, told TxDOT to uh, you know, work with DPS and uh, you know establish that state-sanctioned camp. And ever since then... That really is kind of bad. That and Alan Alan uh, Graham's place, Mobile Loves and Fishes, really been two of the, the the models for how things should be done. Camp Esperanza seems to be working over there yeah. for some folks. That's interesting. All right, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Dean in North Austin, hang on a second. Uh, let's update folks on uh, on the story in our nation's Supreme Court. Allies for the former presidents are rallying against uh, efforts to remove him from the ballot. A newsman Ryan Schmelz explains from D.C. That was an insurrection, and Trump called it, you know it. Protesters outside the Supreme Court confronting Senators Roger Marshall and Tommy Tuberville as they spoke out against an effort to keep former President Trump's name off the Colorado primary ballot. This should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. But our Democrat colleagues want to make it a partisan issue. Senator Tuberville argues the public should have a right to choose who they want to represent them. The Supreme Court is hearing arguments today over whether the former president engaged in an insurrection on January 6 and whether that makes him ineligible to run for president based on the insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment. 
on Capitol Hill. Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, so soon the uh, the justices will hear the uh, the pivotal Trump ballot ban case. Uh, I think there's uh, several other states that uh, are trying to do the same thing, and they're they're waiting as well to see sure. what uh, what happens here. This would be this would be a, a horrible precedent to be set in this country, and yeah. I think it would really signal the beginning. If we haven't hit the beginning of the end of things yet. I mean that would upend elections as we know them. But it would go; f- the, everything would shift to putting all focus on knocking the other guy off the ballot in all fifty states. Well, I think immediately if they if they rule against Trump and say that Colorado can take him off the ballot, other states will do the same. Yes. And, and I would think that uh, Texas would remove Joe Biden from the ballot immediately. Right? Immediately, we're in a in a cycle where uh, if you're a, a you know a political, uh, you have to remove your political opponents from the ballot. That's right. Right. And 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 you. At, we can't we can't exist like that. No. Dean in North Austin this morning. Hey Dean. Morning. Yes, sir. Uh yeah, this law that they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot, it was a law passed to keep racist Democrats from getting into office, right? Yeah, yeah Confederates. To, yeah, to keep those uh, Confederates from uh, running for office after the Civil War, yeah. Yeah. But but now it's being used to keep one in office. <laughs> I mean, a guy that eulogized a KKK member and called him a mentor and a friend. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden at the uh, the eulogy for, uh, what was his name? Oh, Byrd? Senator Byrd. Senator Byrd. Uh, he, uh, he was a grand wizard in the KKK. Hillary Clinton looked up to him as an idol. So did Joe Biden. Yeah, you're right. It's all right when they yeah, do it, though. He, uh, mm-hmm. Brought lots of pork. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Dean. Thank you. Poor hey. kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. Well, there's another zinger from Joe. I don't think that I, I really don't think I don't see how the Supreme Court could go along with this. I just don't. I, I mean, this would this would destroy. We don't need any help right now. It, it, this this place is a tinderbox, and we don't need anyone throwing gasoline on it and then hitting it with a flamethrower. And I think that's what that that that, that would do some something horrible horrible damage to us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, listen, jump in here. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Uh, New York City is seeing a, a spike in crime because of uh, the illegal aliens in their city. This is something that uh, is being documented and reported on uh, this morning. We remember the images of uh, you know the cops getting beat up by the, that group uh, from Venezuela. Right. I think they caught some of them. The problem is, is they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that's that's what the DA said. Well, we really don't know who they are. We have to before we prosecute somebody, we got to know who they are. It's uh, it's part of the process, right? Sure, sure, makes sense. But, you know, uh, but I mean, I, it, it again, it all starts down there at the southern border, you know, without without any sort of patrol or concern by our government. We'll never yeah. know. Who, we'll never know who people like that are. And then the residents of Lakewood, Colorado, protesting against rumors that the city could begin housing illegal aliens this morning. Hundreds showed up for a meeting after a letter was circulated by a group calling itself Concerned Citizens in Lakewood. In that letter, the group said the problems caused by migrants arriving in nearby Denver could become Lakewood's problem and called on residents to, quote, start letting our elected officials know that we do not agree with this possible situation of them making Lakewood a sanctuary city. Lakewood's mayor and the city council said the only action that has been taken and was being considered was trying to understand the impact of the migrant crisis in denver and offer help yeah more than thirty-six thousand illegal aliens have arrived in denver uh just over the past year just just thirty-six thousand. that's yeah. 
That's that's a small number. Not not much. Not much. I, I heard that uh, Seattle, the city of Seattle, is actually going to spend uh, a sizable amount of money to, to pay for illegal immigrants' full hotel stay for three full weeks. Nice. The state of Washington is, has proposed spending $8 million towards, you know, Illegal immigrant housing. I mean, all, that concludes uh, room service, right? I would assume so. Yeah. So we, we I mean, the, every major city is starting to feel the impact. There are econ- real economic impacts, mm-hmm. and it's crushing the United States. It, it, it's, it, it has to be addressed immediately. And our th- enemies, that border bill that we had certainly wasn't going to do it. Our enemies love that fact, right? Oh, yeah. The fact that it's, uh, it's crushing us. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, New York has given out a bunch of gift cards. And I read a report yesterday that New York... Uh, was giving out more daily stipends to illegal immigrants than, than citizens that are poor uh, living there in New York. Isn't that amazing? The priorities are. It does. And that's very, very sad because there are a lot of, a lot of Americans that need help. We talk about them every day, right? You know, but, but they're not being prioritized. Yeah. it's <clears throat> a good point. Yeah. 512-836-0590. I was trying to find that story because... It's truly amazing how much uh, New York is, I think it was like $53 million in gift cards and stipends and, you know, meals uh, that they've been given out. Yeah, yeah. That, I, and then you, you heard about the Chicago and, and the however many thousands of dollars you know, they're getting every month, housing and food and other kind of stipends like that. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, these big cities wanted it. They get it. Is Austin paying for, uh, to house illegal aliens in this city? Is Austin paying for that? I don't know, but... Why wouldn't they? You know. Well, they should. I mean, I, I, they. I would not be surprised, and in fact, I, I would be surprised if they weren't. Man, the Supreme Court in a real test beginning today in this uh, this hearing, in which it will determine whether or not Donald Trump is on uh, dozens of state ballots or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Supreme Court is uh, well convening right about now to hear the, some of the beginning arguments. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Uh, we'll, we'll listen in and join some of that in progress once it gets going. And uh, we'll have more details coming up at 930 with some reaction as well. Listen, we got an update on a story out of uh, Lake Travis High School involving the football team and peanuts. Specifically, a peanut allergy uh, that one student uh, lives with. I mean, a real peanut allergy where he has to have an EpiPen if he's exposed to it, that sort of thing. And... Well, he told his football classmates that um, he has a, 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 you know, a deadly reaction potentially to uh, to peanuts, and uh, and that's where you pick up the story. Go ahead, and tell us what happened, and, and and remind everybody what happened in the locker room. So, uh, for, uh, from what uh, the, the the mother, I think her name is Shauna Manon, said that uh, the uh, these a couple of football players they knew that her son was allergic to uh, to peanuts. He told them, yeah, he, he told had, them he had that. a conversation with them about it. So. But they doused his locker and his clothing and and peanuts and peanut butter and things like that. They brought stuff from home. They went and bought some peanut powder and put it all in the locker and his shoes and his uniform. And he had a reaction. He had a, he had a bit of reaction. Fortunately, it wasn't significant because he you know he had carries the, the epipens. She had to come up there with an epipen. But uh, yeah. but uh, you know it, it could have been significantly worse. And then come to find out that there was virtually no discipline, in, you know, imposed upon the kids because yeah. they were, you know, big time, you know, big football player must must been great football players. Division right? one bound, right? Yeah. That's what we were told. D one yeah. players, and, and so and so they got a little little bit of uh, room to pick on other classmates. It would seem so. Yeah. So then uh, the, the mother went before the school board to complain a little bit and, and to bring this to light. And and uh, from what I understand, the the school determined that this was not. 
not only did the school determine that this was not any sort of bullying, but the uh, authorities also determined that there was no there, there would be no charges or any you know no legal issues. Man, they must the be either. really good football players. I don't know. You know, they and, must be Division One. Are they Longhorn bound? Uh, I they must I, be. I, right? I don't know. I must be. Right? But they've got to be. They. I mean, they, obviously, they've got potential. Well, the school district's right. The school's right. It wasn't bullying. It was an assault. Is mm-hmm. what it was. They could have killed that kid. You know, they. I. I. It. It could have. It could have been very bad. And we could have been telling a very different story, you know, other than he just had a mild reaction. He could have had a significant reaction. He could have died. He could have, you know, been impacted for life by something. Yeah. And it it, it Did, just uh, doesn't seem like the school district really seemed all that concerned when it comes to, you know, the punishment. Well, we know that uh, this young man's going to be okay. He's he's yeah. all right. So he's he's he recovered and all of that. And now it's more in the embarrassment stage, I guess. Yeah. He got a lot of ridicule. Other classmates started picking on this guy. She said almost immediately. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how they could have gotten away with 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 virtually nothing because they. This was an assault. I agree. I just wondered: Do these star football players at Lake Travis High did they learn their lesson? I think they learned something. I mean, did they learn their lesson? I highly doubt they learned that lesson you're talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, next time I won't. I won't do something so stupid yeah. as potentially kill a kid who's allergic to something. Yeah. Bringing some embarrassment to your school and your community, too. I think they learned as long as I keep up my skills, I can probably get away with pretty much anything, that's especially pretty- as I move up into college. Yeah, that's uh, that's the lesson they learned, right? That's, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't learn how to protect the weaker one. No. They didn't learn a real man's lesson about protecting women and children. They didn't learn a real lesson in life of becoming, a, 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 you know, you're a boy becoming a man. No. They, di- they didn't learn that lesson, did they? I, I think they, uh, they should have learned that, that actions have consequences. At some point, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, you, you have to face the consequences of your choices. And the school district didn't, didn't afford them that chance. The coach didn't afford them that chance. They just kind of looked the other way. Meantime, like you said, the kid that got the peanuts thrown at him, the one... He faced almost immediate, uh, according to his mother, almost immediate retaliation and retribution. Did from the other school kids. do anything about that? Uh, not that I'm aware because of. That, because that is bullying. That would constitute, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but uh, it, it seems it seems as if though the school was really hell bent on protecting these great athletes and kind of keeping the embarrassment story, you know, on the back burner. Mm. They're really good at that. KXN's got this story that, that highlights this today, and they mentioned that the, the TEA, Texas Education Code, defines bullying as an actor pattern of acts that physically harm a student or materially disrupt the educational process. Sounds like that's bullying. Yeah. Sounds like it fits their definition. Yeah. Right? If not the... But, but you can't go on to be a Division One athlete when you got a bullying record in your high school. You, you, you may not get that scholarship. So I could give it to them that, you know, maybe they, maybe they just really didn't understand... The, the severity of, of this kid's allergy. And so, the, like, oh, we're going to play a prank, you know, some hazing style kind of thing that, that's happened for, for generations. Uh, you know, okay, I could say I could see it's that over bullying. But if, if it's true that this, this poor kid has faced retaliation for, you know, because of the fallout of what those two football players did, well, th- I think that constitutes bullying. Certainly sounds like it to me. Well, I mean, these are protecting these uh, these these athletes and their career going on to college was was more important. Yeah, it sends a message to weaker kids on campus right this very minute: you're not safe. 
the school's not going to protect you from the stronger athletes or the stronger boys on campus. They're they're not they're not going to do that. Probably not. And they they, I mean, I don't I don't remember the the the, the weaker kids ever really getting much protection from the schools in the past. What should the punishment have been? Should it been uh, a criminal punishment? People have used the phrase uh, assault, right? Uh, should these, uh, I think it was two, uh, two athletes that were involved in this. So. Yeah, one yeah. was more involved in the other yeah. maybe. Yeah. One went back to clean up the locker. The other didn't. That's, that's what we heard at the time. What should the punishment be? Should they, should they not be on the football team? Well, should they, why be, not? should they be sent to the school for hoodlums? The other troublemakers? <laughs> I mean, Lake Travis have that? Do they have a kind of school in school suspension? Oh Yeah. Uh, they, they, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do. They, they certainly did back when I was there. Let me, who's the principal at Lake Travis high school? Because, well, now this story's back in the news. I know you guys just want it to go away. Was this, okay. Was it bullying? Was it hazing? See, I, I don't even, and that's illegal as well. I don't even know if it's hazing. The way I'm looking at it is two kids who, who probably they, they, they were looking to pull a prank on some kid and, and were just too stupid, stupid. to know just, that they just, could have killed him. Just flat out stupid. That really, I think it boils down to that. They were too stupid yeah. to understand. I think it was a prank gone wrong. Yeah. But they should have faced punishment for it because this, this kid could have died, period. So, yeah. I just wonder if they learned a lesson. Did the coach teach these, uh, these athletes a lesson on how to – you know, treat people. Probably I not. Wonder. I wonder. I probably, like I said, I think they learned a lesson, and, but and, not that lesson. And keep in mind that this happened towards the end of the football season, right? It's right mm-hmm. in the middle of playoffs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think they got a couple of games suspension. And, and we all know that playoff football games are more important than any one child. Would appear so. Would appear so. At least they, at least that child's life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would call that bullying, but... Like I said, if, if if he's gotten retribution since then from multiple other kids, yeah, that, I would say that is probably. I would assume the coach handled this like a man. Did he? Right, call the boys into the office and, and talk about the embarrassment you brought to this campus, the embarrassment you brought to this team. I could see that. This, I could see that conversation this, being had. This, this embarrassment that, that you brought to this this family. Listen, they're talking about us all over the radio see, and on TV. See yeah. what you did. Yeah. I could see that conversation. Not, no, no, I'm not saying they should have endless punishment forever and ever, but uh, they should be embarrassed and ashamed of what they did, and there should be a, a, a formal apology to this family. Well, it's Lake Travis football, so you know you got to protect that above all else. That's true. It's I mean, that, unfortunately, that's that's a little tongue in cheek, but not really. You know? No, no, no. I, I agree with that. It is the most important thing for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they win nowadays. You know, not not like back when I was going there and we were. Three A's getting stomped all the time by Brady and who's the coach? Who's, who's the coach over there? Not that <laughs> Hank it's Hank Carter. Not that it's Hank Carter's fault, but how you handle it afterwards? Uh, that seems like it's in question, Hank. Well, I, I I definitely think that he missed an Hank's, opportunity to teach those those young men a valuable lesson. Hank's listening right now. Think Somebody's so. already called him and said, "Tune in. Yeah, They're talking about you again." Probably. 931 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Let's recap our story at a Lake Travis High School in the Peanuts allergy prank. The uh, the issue stemmed from uh, a couple of football players who uh, knew that a, a fellow teammate had a pretty severe allergy to peanuts and yet chose to slather his, his uh, peanut and, and du- or his locker in dust and peanuts and peanut butter 
uh, put it on his uh, his uniform, things like that. The kid had a bit of a reaction, but it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother went and spoke before the school board. She's still pissed. And, and rightfully so. And uh, got no, basically no reaction from the school board, from the school district. They, they deemed that uh, it was not bullying. The kids were, were only got minor punishment because they were D1, you know, future D1 athletes there right. on the football team. Right. So, uh, the, the, uh, it, it, it may not have been bullying, but it's, uh, I'm sure mom would call it an assault, right? If it was your child, you'd be pissed. You'd call it an assault. Yeah. I mean, I really am trying to look at it from the perspective of like, I, I remember how stupid I was. When I was when I was their age, you know, teenager. So perhaps they they really were just dumb and didn't understand. Oh, there's no doubt. Didn't about that. think that this prank that they're trying to pull oh, no could doubt. have fatal consequences. Oh, there's- I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that it was a prank oh, gone gosh. wrong. These two these two boys, uh, they 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 are truly uh, dumb as a bag of rocks. There's no doubt about that. But because they made such an egregious error, mm-hmm. I think that the district, their their football coach. Had had an obligation to them yeah. as 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 fledgling men to teach them the value of of uh, cause and effect. No, no, no. They don't. Or, de- or the you know the they, whole lesson of it. They don't deserve lifelong punishment, but they do deserve a little public shaming, and uh, that's what we're giving them right now. Well, they yeah. need to be embarrassed by what they did. Yeah. Uh, Ray in Pflugerville this morning. Ray, what's on your mind? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I th- I agree with all of what you're saying about um, those football players because they just don't respect and they don't they don't understand that what they've done has consequences. But also, you know, I I believe that um, it's also the districts, the school districts. I worked in AISD for the first for 19 years, mm. and my first principal told me once I brought up a situation up to her attention. She goes, "We don't rock the boat," and that pretty much told me everything. And the same thing happened here in this case uh, this school in particular didn't want the embarrassment didn't want their football players to be labeled in any kind of negative uh, way and it goes on beyond that because then we're looking at Pflugerville Pflugerville has the bullying you're talking about bullying in my 19 years that I worked in ASD there have been parents that have said bullying happens and nothing no response from the administrators just like the school board didn't give any response to this parent yeah. and she has a legitimate reason going there yeah, and it's just the fact of let's not rock the boat and let's uh, avoid any kind of uh, negative attention to the point that uppers in uh, districts would tell me, well, you know, this teacher or that teacher has a problem. We're just going to let them resign, give them a recommendation. And I said, but why are you passing the buck? Mm. If that teacher is not supposed to be here in a district with children, why are you giving them an opportunity to go to the district? But that's what they do. Ray, you're 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 making the case. That many families uh, make when they when they when they demand school vouchers. This is why so many families yeah. want school vouchers. Well, exactly. And, and then from the other side of it, the, the teacher would say, "Well, they're going to take all our highly intelligent, motivated students away." But as an Hispanic working in a Title One school, I would tell those teachers, "Don't you want that to be the case for the best and brightest mm-hmm. sure. mm-hmm. for them to have an option?" Yeah. But you know. So there's two sides to every coin, but the, as an, an educator, not a teacher, but an educator, you have to have the best interest and heart in your heart for the parents and family. 
Forget about the district. That's why so many teachers are, are leaving and are sure. so upset and, and so frustrated. Yeah. Because yeah, I was yeah. for a long time until I quit because I said, this is, this is insane to do the same thing over and over and over yeah. with the same result. Yeah, that's not good, man. Ray, thanks for checking in from Pflugerville this morning. It is uh, 736. Jump in at 512-836-0590. The U.S. Supreme Court is now hearing arguments in the case where Colorado's Supreme Court removed the former president, Donald Trump, from the Colorado ballot. A few other states would like to do the same thing, and so they're sitting on the edge of their seats to see what the nation's high court may rule in this one. Mm -hmm. Here is Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor outlining some of her questions on this issue. Can we get to the issue, which is, I think, uh, one that I go back to that I started with, um, and, and very briefly, what sense does it say that states can't enforce Section 3 against their own officials? I mean, I, I think log logically those are two separate issues in my mind. Can states enforce the insurrection clause against their own office holders, or can they enforce it against uh, federal officials, or can they enforce it against the president? Those are all three different questions in my mind. Yeah, this hasn't been uh, challenged before, but basically uh, Colorado was using an amendment that uh, basically was designed after the Civil War to keep those Confederate Democrats from seeking public office. Mm -hmm. And so they're using that uh, as a weapon to try to keep Trump off the ballot. It's a dangerous precedent to set, and I, I really, really, I really just, I predict bad things if the Supreme Court allows this to, to happen. Well, half the country believes that Donald Trump sparked an insurrection, mm -hmm. that Donald Trump organized and launched an insurrection on January the 6th. And obviously that did not happen. Right. Yeah, there was a riot. People got out of hand and people should have been arrested when they broke windows and things like that. Scuffled with the cops. The only person that died that day was Ashley Babbitt. Right. But uh, Donald Trump did not engage in an insurrection. Nobody has been charged with insurrection. People have been charged with trespassing and busting windows and rioting, that sort of thing. What happened on January the 6th was bad. Sure. But it was not an insurrection. No, I, it wasn't an insurrection, and uh, this I, to me this is this is all a sham, really. I mean, the the, the these I there, there's more behind it. It's really just that these states, these blue states, don't want Donald Trump on the ballot, and this is their way of trying to make it happen. This is election interference. Yeah, I think so. And this is one state, multiple states, trying to interfere in a federal election. That's, I, that's, that's how it looks to me. Carl Rove, uh, he's a, a Fox News analyst. Here's what he had to say a few minutes ago. Well, I think there are a couple of big points here. First of all, does this apply, does Section 3 apply to the President of the United States? Mentions members of the Senate, members of Congress, but it doesn't mention the President. I'm going to be seeing who's inquiring about that. What is an insurrection? The last law on the American books, our statute books, was removed in 1948. So exactly what is an insurrection? Uh, due process. Uh, is Donald Trump guilty, uh, found guilty in a, a, a trial? Or is he, was he impeached? Uh, can, can he... 
this be applied to them without some process, due process? I'm going to be hearing, do they, does this only apply to the Civil War? Did, there was some suggestion that 14th Amendment only does. I think this is very problematic, but this is one of the arguments made uh, by, uh, uh, by the plaintiffs in, in this case, that it, it, it doesn't apply. And then finally, does it apply to a party? This, remember, this has to do with the Republican Party of Colorado putting Trump on the ballot in, in their primary. Now, I think this is a side issue because I don't think the court is going to want to visit this issue twice. If they said he, the, the party has a right to put him on the ballot, then we'd have another case filed in July after the Republican convention to say, uh, does, does he have a right to be on the general election ballot as opposed to the party ballot? Um, I'm going to be listening carefully for, uh, is there a sense that the court is going to try and have a narrow decision uh, that, that, that can have a great many people joining it on the court at 728190, uh, or is it going to have a more expansive view that might, might start losing some members? Now, Associate Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson, she's asking a few questions. Vandy, can we join that in progress? Is that possible? Can you route up, uh, route up the network there and see if we can't listen in uh, with Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, on Fox News? Let's listen in live. And we acknowledge that we have a somewhat heavier lift on the first point. Why? It seems to me that you have a list and president is not on it. That, that's certainly an argument in our favor, but they're also, with respect to officer of the United States, that's used repeatedly in the Constitution, in the Commission's Clause, in the Appointments Clause, and also in the Impeachment Clause. And every time it appears, it's used in a way that clearly excludes No, I understand, but that's so the second argument. So the first is. argument the, mm -hmm. is we have a list of offices yes. that a person is barred from uh, uh, holding. Right, yes. under your theory, or under the, the language mm -hmm. of, and we see it begins with senator, representative, elector of elector. president and vice president, and all other civil or military officers. Well, officers. offices under the United offices States. Offices under the United States. But the first. word president or vice president does not, appear, uh, not appear specifically That's in right. that list. So I guess I'm trying to understand, are you giving up that argument, and no. if so, why? No, we're not giving it up at all. You're right, the president and the vice president are not specifically listed. But the Anderson litigants claim that they are encompassed within the meaning of the phrase office under the United States. And do you agree and that that that, that um, the framers would have put such a high and significant and important office, sort of smuggled it in through that catch-all no, phrase? We don't agree at all. That's why we're still making the argument that the presidency is excluded from the covered offices that are listed at the beginning of section. I'm, I'm sorry. Your brief says you didn't take a position um, on that point. I'm sorry. And your brief said, uh, I don't have the, the site. I All right, there I, you go. They're going through some paperwork there. You, you, you heard from uh, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, Sotomayor, there are Supreme Court justices, uh, throwing some questions at Jonathan Mitchell. He's arguing on behalf of the state of Colorado, and they were kind of pushing back on him there. Yeah. That's sound, pretty interesting. Sound yeah. like a little bit, yeah. 947 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Come on now, jump in. 512-836-0590. Uh, Joey is checking in from South Austin this morning. Hey, Joey. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, great topic, uh, as usual. Uh, I have a question on these states trying to take Trump off the ballot. Mm. How do you do a write-in candidate on a voting machine? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure that I you mean, could. I voted in Bastrop County for the last eight years, and it's always been on a voting machine, and I've never seen a way to write in a candidate. Yeah. I'll, 
I'll, I don't really either. I'll uh, let y'all go. And yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, some of the rules are a little bit different city to city and municipality to municipality and state to state, state on that front. And, you know, we've never been in this situation. I mean, what what happens if Donald Trump is not on the ballot in a dozen states or more? What happens? Well, uh, you would have to assume that there would be a lot of states that just opted to do the the exact same thing for Joe Biden. So you'd be most of America would then be deprived of its vote. Yeah. And that's uh, that's where we start to get really tribalized, and that's when really pe- people start talking about Texas a little bit more, don't I'm, they? I'm telling you, if the Supreme Court goes that way, it's the end. Uh, William is in Georgetown, or rather in College Station this morning. William, what's on your mind? Hey, how y'all doing? Good. What's up? Good, good. I had a quick question. Come on. Um, if I was char- if I was running toward an Austin, police officer and I was armed with nothing but a Trump flag over my back and he shoots me. Is that murder? Yeah, it is. Okay, I, I just want to get that out there. It'd definitely be unjustified, that's for sure. Okay, well I, I just haven't you, seen no uh, You're talking about you talking about Ashley Babbitt? Yes, what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I, I, it pounds my head to this day how, how nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, I don't think he shot her on purpose. I think it was an accident, which is still wrong, right? So manslaughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, simple as that. Thank you, William. Yeah, 949 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You could join us at 512-836-0590. There is a, a Senate hearing that's getting underway with a focus on lowering health care costs for Americans. Yeah, the Senate Health Committee is is holding a hearing with the CEOs of Johnson & Johnson, Merck, Bristol-Myers, Squibb. I want to find out why uh, major drug companies are keeping the prices for prescription drugs so high. Uh, the chairman of the committee and uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, here he is. From 2019 to 2023, where we are today, the median price of new drugs sold by these three companies was 200 and $38,000. Wow. Pretty hefty. Yeah, according to a federal survey, roughly 9 million American adults reported not taking their drugs as prescribed in 2021. Uh, they say due to the, you know, the high cost of medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joaquin Duarto is the chief executive officer for Johnson & Johnson. Our prices are based on the value our medicines bring to patients, the healthcare system, and society. We take into consideration that our medicines improve patients' quality of life and survival rates while often reducing healthcare costs. He doesn't sound like an honest person, does he? <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that, those are some high prices. Yeah. Johnson & Johnson saying the committee is just retaliating against them because they filed a lawsuit challenging Medicare negotiations and they say the committee didn't, you know, they declined all offers for testimony from other executives who, who were specifically knowledgeable about the topics. But, I, I mean, it sounds to me like the, these, these drug makers have some, have some splaining to do. Well, I think our government has some splaining to do. That too. You know? Yeah. I've always thought it was such a, a horrible thing to allow pharmaceutical giants to occupy all the ad space on TV news. You know, we're, one, we're the only country that allows that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and they really were just, you're it's flooded an, with them every, it, I, I can I can hear the music playing in all these songs it's in an, my head now. It's an amazing marketing defensive maneuver by the big pharmaceutical giants that use the American public as their beaker dish for testing their medications 
for global customers. Yeah. We're the only nation that allows pharmaceutical advertising and TV news uh, in the evenings. And they're always doing the same thing, you know, romping around in the sunshine, having a good old time, playing sports, climbing rocks. Uh, and, and, you know, they just paint. The, it's always the same picture being painted that, you know, you take this, take this medicine and, and your life will, will increase. The quality of life will increase dramatically. Everything's going to get better. Yeah. Just everything. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Doesn't feel right, does it? No, it it, it is kind of dirty. Yeah, there's more to it, right? Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, uh, uh, America's healthcare system is 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 not the best. No, it could use some tweaks. It could definitely use some tweaks. All right, jump in here. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Listen, uh, Tucker Carlson's controversial interview with Vladimir Putin apparently will air tonight. It's going to be interesting to see the ratings for the TV shows and then this X video that's going to be online that people are going to watch. Yeah, the former Fox News host, he was uh, granted the first interview with Putin by Western media since uh, since the war with Ukraine began, despite multiple requests from many other outlets. Now, in a post on his Instagram page and on uh, X, Carlson, who was let go from Fox, said this interview will air between uh, about 6 p.m. Eastern time on his personal website. I'm very excited to see what this has to. Well, we got in store. We got to hear it because the way the mainstream media, the Democrat Party, the way they're really pick, they're picking it apart before anybody's even heard it. It's they're, not. It's not even out yet, and they're already picking it apart. This is not right. They're acting like no one has ever interviewed Vladimir Putin before. Sure. No. No American. No Western journalist is that. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now speaking on MSNBC. Hillary Clinton last night. Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now interviewing Vladimir Putin. Right. The first American, I'll say, journalist uh, to interview Putin since the war in Ukraine began. What does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. Hush up. If you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, So I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview. Yeah, there you go. Hillary Clinton. God's yeah. sake. Somebody <laughs> should say something to her about people in glass houses. <laughs> and then she went on to what? She, she, she'd go on to, to deny the 2016 election. She did. She followed she, that up with denying the 2016 election. Yeah, she's still election. denying the 2016. She, she's the one that paid for the PP dossier, right? <laughs> P-gate. That's yeah, right. She, she's the one that sold off our uh, uranium assets to Russia. She did that too. Ugh. And the Clinton Foundation made out like a bandit on that front. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.